We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome in to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us today. You can find out more about Brian and the team just by going to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And I always start the show with telling you that if you'd like to find out more about retirement, there's a lot of moving parts, which we talk about every week on this program. But under the heading of Safer Retirement Education on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, there are 12 different things you could download, no cost, no obligation to you. Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach, The Three Principles of Retirement Book, Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan. That's just four of the 12 things you could download. And it's really there for your um, education, if you will, things you want to learn more about. Check it out, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com under the Safer Retirement Education. Great place to start would be Brian's book, The Decker Approach. So a lot of great opportunities for you just to get some information. And then if you have questions from there, you can always call the team because they're here to help. They just don't know if they can help you until you reach out. It's 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. Brian, welcome. Are you going to be okay? You didn't bring any of your cohorts along today. Yes, uh, we're just going solo here. It'll just be you and me, Mark. We'll cover a bunch of information that I think listeners are going to really like. Yeah, so we're going to, kind of last week, you talked a little bit about tax and estate planning strategies. So we're going to start with those estate documents that basically we all need. Then we're going to get into some of the risk in retirement, uh, market risk, income risk, tax risk, legislative risk. What's that? Well, Brian's going to explain all of that as we get to that point. So we're going to cover a lot of ground. Let's let's start with what we kind of, kind of continuation of our topic last week, the estate documents. Because I, there are, I mean, wills and trusts, those get confusing to me. I don't know, boy, do I need a living will? Do I just need a will? Do I need a trust? How do you, and then the powers of attorney, you have the financial side of that, the healthcare side of that. There's a lot of moving parts, right? Right. And we covered a lot of information last time, Mark. We uh, we talked about tax minimization strategies, and we covered ways to um, eliminate uh, capital gains. We talked about uh, Roth conversions, donor advised funds, net unrealized depreciation strategies that lower your costs for um, your 401k rollovers. Um, we covered a lot of ground. Um, today, let's talk about the estate documents, the will, power of attorney, living will, and trust documents. Those are important documents. Everybody has three parts to their estate. They have uh, their retirement accounts that are not part of the will or the trust. We have uh, areas that are governed by the trust, which is your real estate, usually your residence, you're wanting the trust, any non-qualified, non-retirement accounts you want to be uh, in your trust. And then you have what's called everything else. Everything else is called your residuary estate. In your residuary estate, that's what is the, the will governs your residuary estate. So when it comes to the three the documents that you'll want to have in place let's start mark with your will um normally when husband and wife um let's see me myself uh married diane so it would be incorrect to have 
the uh, will read that Diane gives her residuary estate upon her death to her beloved husband, Brian. We want it to read that the residuary estate of Diane pours into the trust that is the Brian and Diane Decker Revocable Family Living Trust. That's called a pour-over provision. There's a couple of important reasons. So, number one is uh, probate. So a lot of people, gosh, these numbers are staggering, Mark. Did you know 80, 80 to 85% of people in the United States that create trust documents never fund them? Have you heard that? I've heard that. What is that? That means they're not putting any, they, they set up a trust and then they never put anything in it? I don't understand right. that. Yeah, they paid to have the trust created and they never used it. They never funded it. They never titled any of their estate assets in the trust. It's a total waste of money, total waste of time. So we want to make sure that if you create the trust, that you the trust is the distribution document, not the will. Ideally, and by the way, I have to say, Mark, I'm not an attorney. I can't give legal advice. I'm just talking as a spectator, as a fiduciary to our clients, warning people of what problems that we've seen with their documents. So when it comes to um, the distribution document, a lot of people think that they've got no probate issues because they have their trust and it's funded. They've retitled their residence in the name of the trust and they've got their investment uh, funds in the name of the trust. But then they leave their everything else, which is their cars, their jewelry, their artwork, um, furniture, a lot of valuable things that are in the will, and those are probatable um, assets. So you want to make sure to uh, eliminate probate by having a pour-over provision into your trust. That's the most important thing, in our opinion, uh, that the will does is, and by the way, if you have three kids and you want to make sure you you um, put one of them in charge of each of your responsibilities with your estate documents. If you've got a son or daughter that you really, I don't know, how do you put this? Um, you don't want them in charge of something important. Well, put them in charge of the will because they don't do anything. The will pours into the trust. So you can have them be um, uh, executor, if you want. Usually spouses are executors to each other, but um, to as backup, you can have them be executor and uh, use them in that capacity and they'd feel good about it, but they're really not doing anything. So the first thing on the will is the make sure that the pour over provision is in there. And by the way, we see about half of the wills, Mark, are drafted where the will goes, the residuary estate goes to the spouse. It should go into the trust. Anything to add, Mark, on the will before we move to power of attorney document? But I mean, that's kind of the idea. You have a trust to, to, I guess, skip the probate, but what's the difference between a will and a living will? Are they the same or are they different? Um, let's go to the living will next. The living will is the pull the plug document. It's also called power of attorney healthcare. Um, there's different names for it, but that, um, the power, the the living will or healthcare directive or power of attorney healthcare, um, what they're doing is there's three important things in our opinion on the living will. One is you wanna make sure that you're careful in choosing your 
your agent. So spouses are primary to each other. Who, whoever you put in there as a contingent for an agent, ideally they have some medical background um, because they're going to be responsible for pulling the plug on mom or dad. So think about, think carefully who you want there in there of your kids as agent. The second thing is comfort measures. So when it comes to comfort measures, we're all over having no artificial hydration, no nutrition, no artificial nutrition. We have a DNR, do not resuscitate. But my gosh, we got to make sure that you have, um, you've got to have comfort measures, which is drugs, morphine, um, to make sure you don't suffer. Um, so you add things like that you want comfort measures, quote, even if it hastens my death. You want to make, make sure you're comfortable. Do you remember that poor girl, Terry Schiavo out of Florida? Gosh, this has got to be 25 years ago. Now, wasn't that the, where the husband said she wanted the, pull, the plug to be pulled? The parents said, no, she didn't, and they go to court. Was that the one? Correct. Yep. And uh, she did suffer. I mean, she suffered in front of in front of the country. It was so sad to watch. But in the document, it did not state that she had any comfort provisions. So uh, yeah, they cut her off from artificial hydration and nutrition. And she lasted about 12 days. And then she went and it was excruciatingly painful for her. Uh, so first thing is your contingent agent, choosing that wisely. The second thing is make sure that you've got um, comfort measures in place. The third and final thing that we are care look carefully at is uh, the trigger clause or the activation clause. Now, Mark, a lot of these terms that we see for um, activation clause in the healthcare directive should be, in our opinion, in a power of attorney. Uh, like, why would you pull the plug on mom or dad if, quote, they no longer recognize you or if uh, they're diagnosed with a terminal illness. Well, they might have six months left. You don't want to pull the plug right away. So the language that we recommend that people use is when two doctors determine that uh, that person's kept alive artificially. Um, so it, it's things like that that we want to make sure that we talk to our clients over and and make sure everything is approved by uh, their attorneys that review it. But we have these conversations making sure that those are tight. Because let's say, Mark, you pulled the plug on your mom or dad. Uh, invariably, you're going to see the guy in the, in the evening news that's sitting up in a hospital bed that was in a coma for six months. And you think, oh my gosh, did I just kill mom or dad? So we want to make sure that you have peace of mind that when two doctors approach you and say, yes, in our opinion, this person is kept alive by that machine in the corner, that's when you can execute the, the document and the, the wishes of your parents and pull the plug and let them pass. So those are the things that we look for in the will and in the power of attorney healthcare or healthcare directive. Um, but now, Mark, let's talk about the regular power of attorney finance, or usually it's just a straight power of attorney. So with the power of attorney, so you're not dead, you are incapacitated. And there's uh, three important parts for uh, to review for power of attorney. One is succession. Who do you want in there to pay your bills, to 
buy and sell securities uh, to handle your life and to be you while you're incapacitated. So spouses are primary contingent agents to each other. And then you're going to choose children once one spouse passes. So be careful on who you choose as, as contingent um, for your agent there for your power of attorney. Second thing that's important is the compensation clause. So reimbursement is fine. Any costs due to flying out and taking care of mom or dad, whatever, reimbursement is fine from the estate. But when it comes to compensation, it says something very vague. It's, it doesn't name a number. So I've seen people abuse this. So rather than abuse um, the power of attorney where it offers compensation, it's, well, here's what it says. It says reasonable compensation is due. Well, Mark, some people think it's reasonable to write a check for $30,000 and some people don't think 30000 is right. So if you want compensation, write down a specific number. Yeah, that does. I mean, my mom is 86. She just went from uh, unassisted living to, to assisted. So it went from three grand a month to nine grand a month. So that's no fun. But my stepsister, who's a very successful attorney, she is the executor of the estate, if you will. And I'm like, mom, good decision. She's way smarter than I am. I am on board with that decision. Uh, and then, of course, she reaches out to the family members to help make decisions and all of that. But this is a this is really important. I think the key is that when you're looking at estate documents and how you're going to plan the powers of attorney for financial and health care and the wills or the trust or living wills, all those different documents that we need, we don't need all of them, some of us, but we all need something, right? And if you have anything, you need a will. But there's a lot of moving parts here. And the team at Decker Retirement are certainly here to help walk you through all of this. My theory is if you love your family, make these decisions. If you hate your family, don't do anything because you're going to leave them a bunch of headaches. I guarantee you that. So take care of this. Don't don't say, well, I think I'm going to be fine. All of a sudden you have a car wreck and now we got problems. So do this ahead of the time because you don't know when. We're not. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. But Brian and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help and kind of ease maybe the stress that you're feeling about some of this stuff as well. Get it taken care of, and then we'll adjust if needed as we move along. 833-707-3030 is the number to chat with the team at Decker Retirement. There's no cost for this. They're here to help. 833-707-3030. Now would be a great time to call, no matter what questions you have or concerns. 833-707-3030. We're going to talk more about these estate documents when we come back, and then later on we're going to get into the big risk in retirement and some of it's outside of our control. We're going to go there next, though, with more estate document chatter right here on Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Stay with us. Have you ever done something and then thought, well, that was a giant waste of money? You might have that same thought in retirement if you don't plan for taxes. Call the team at Decker Retirement Planning to make sure you aren't giving more to Uncle Sam than you have to. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. Decker Retirement Planning has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Brian Decker and the team at Decker Retirement Planning can show you strategies to help combat inflation 
so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call Brian Decker today at 833-707-3030 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Brian and the team at Decker Retirement Planning now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today at 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Investing involves risk. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. You can find out more on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, there's 12 different things you can download. Really just there for your own information, own education. Uh, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. Any questions you want to chat with the team about? 833-707-3030. Hey, the markets were terrible in 2022. What should I be doing now in 2023? Am I on the right track? Do I need to make a tweak here or there? I don't really know. I'd like to find out. I want a little clarity with my retirement that's looming. 833-707-3030. We're talking about estate documents, and you were talking about the powers of attorney, and there's a lot of moving parts here as well. Right, Mark. And one of the things that you said at the end of the last segment was it, it really destroys a family if you don't have your estate documents. If you have properly drafted estate documents, it seems slip from one one generation to another. That estate transfer is very smooth. And that's our focus is to make sure that the things that will create a smooth transition from the estate to the next generation, um, that those that's the focus is making sure that there's no problems with the siblings, with the kids. Um, we mentioned on the power of attorney document, uh, you remember you're incapacitated. We focus on um, no compensation because it causes a problem. If, if Mark, you read that your brother took, quote, reasonable compensation, you're going to say, hey, well, how much did you take? We just have seen, and, and the focus again is making sure that the siblings all love each other after you leave. If you strike that um, reasonable compensation and put no compensation, or if you want a specific dollar amount, put that in there, 5,000 or whatever, um, then then put a specific number, but you're really creating problems for whoever you choose as a successor agent in your power of attorney, one of your kids, by um, by leaving that so vague. Um, and the last thing is the trigger clause. So the trigger clause is interesting, Mark. Um, so I'll use Diane and I again. Uh, Diane and I have a great marriage, and so we have uh, the power of attorney active on signature. Here's what that means. The good news is that it's very easy to, um, Diane doesn't drag me in front of any doctors to, because it's active right now. The power of attorney, she has license to act as me right now today, um, which makes it really easy if we're traveling overseas, whatever. I've got a copy of the power of attorney that we've scanned into the email so she can pull it up on her phone. If we're at a hospital or something like that, she can sign for me as power of attorney. Um, and she can transact and we can carry on with our lives because it's active today. But I'm going to be silly and just make a point here. If uh, she was really a, a Kansas State fan 
And I was a Hoopy Kansas State, just a few They were lost in the Elite Eight to Florida Atlantic. So you were a diehard Florida Atlantic plan, a fan, and then you rubbed it in that they beat K-State to go to the Final Four. Yeah, and I danced, and I got in her face, and I said how great our team was, and she really didn't like that. Well, she slept that night, and before I woke up the next day, she packed her bags, flew down with the pool guide to Cabo, and she and Jose, they got married and sent me a text that uh, she really didn't like my celebration, and she cleaned me out and took my IRA, took all of my assets, and left me with just a coffee table that I danced on. She could legally do that because I signed and dated and gave her authority to act as me, and so that is the risk. If you don't have a good marriage, at least get rid of the loaded gun on the kitchen table, which is active on signature power of attorney. Have it be two doctors. When you have two doctors, the good news is you have a check and a balance there. You have someone, you have two doctors that need to certify that I am not able to handle my own affairs. Um, but we recommend and we saw that when you deal with, if I was diagnosed, Mark, with um, Alzheimer's or dementia, it's very emasculating for my wife, Diane, to drag me in front of two doctors to show that I'm, I have no capacity, no ability to handle my, my own affairs. It, and so what is much better is on when, when I'm diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's or dementia, we can change the power of attorney, the trigger clause from uh, active on signature or two doctors. We can change it to, well, you wouldn't change it if you had active on signature, but if you had two doctors, you could change it to um, family counsel. No one knows Brian like my wife and my children. So when they decide that I've lost it, um, we don't have to drag me in front of uh, doctors and certify that I'm I've I've lost it. They they can act as Brian and activate the power of attorney by just using that family counsel piece in there. So that's that's going to be important is is making sure you know that the power of attorney is a dynamic document and you can make some changes or edits pretty easily. The last one is the biggest one, Mark. This is the trust, the nuclear. There, there's a nuclear sentence in the trust that creates problems in most families. This creates problems where literally many times they don't talk to each other uh, for years, decades, sometimes for the rest of their lives. And so you want to make sure that um, you you pay attention to this part of the program because it says, quote, um, on the tangible asset distribution section, it says that all tangible assets are to be divided equally. Now, Mark, let's say you've got three kids, three piano players, one Steinway. How can you possibly do that? You cannot divide house, cars. You cannot divide tangible assets evenly. And worse yet, it says the oldest gets to choose first. So the oldest, no dummy, they're going to choose the house. And then, you know, how do you follow that up? It's not fair. So what we recommend that people uh, add in there and, and edit in there instead of that ridiculous sentence that all tangible assets should be divided equally, we take that out and add four sentences. Sentence number one, 
House and cars are to be sold with proceeds equally divided. Sentence number two, that liquidation clause, by the way, does make it fair. Sentence number two is um, where you refer to Appendix A for specific asset transfers. So this is where daughter wants mom's wedding dress, another daughter wants wedding rings, uh, son wants dad's fishing equipment or the Corvette or whatever it is. You make specific asset transfers based on requests um, to your kids um, by Appendix A. Sentence number three, anything not on Appendix A is to be sold slash donated with proceeds equally divided. Sentence number four, rights of first refusal apply. So when it comes to the three kids, let's say uh, the oldest daughter uh, is a doctor, married an attorney, and the other two are teachers. And so there's a huge net worth gap and the the daughter and the attorney say when mom and dad pass away, oh, we can't possibly sell mom and dad's house. Um, let's just keep it. Well, the other two kids need the money and, and they feel terrible and they have guilt because, um, gosh, should they sell it or not? But they really need the money. So rights of first refusal means that if the oldest wants the house, they have to buy out the other two. Again, now it's fair. The kids are communicating, they're friendly, they're talking, um, they're expressing what they want. It's not at the expense of the other. And now we have a, 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 a transfer of an estate where the children still love each other. So that's going to be very important. But that's just the first part of the trust. Many have friends choose their competency when it comes to the trust. No, you want two doctors to determine competency before you take a grantor or a trustor out uh, of commission. This is like the power of attorney phrase. You want two doctors in there. You don't want friends wondering if, Mark, you've lost it or you still have all your marbles. So that's a second point. The third point is who you want to have to be the successor trustee. That's going to be a huge job. That's the transfer of the estate. That's shutting down the bank accounts, switching those over, um, creating an estate account. It's um, paying all the taxes, uh, reading all the documents, understanding the documents, transferring assets where they should go. That's a lot of work. And um, you want to deter you want to choose one of the children, ideally who are very left brain focused, very uh, organized uh, CPA would be great. Someone like that, uh, that would handle the transfer of the estate. But that's succession. Uh, compensation, if you want compensation, again, like the power of attorney, it says, quote, reasonable compensation is due. Um, that's a very vague thing. If you have three kids, there's going to be jealousy. You may put a specific dollar amount in there, but don't leave it so vague. And those are all the things with the trust document to make sure that uh, your estate documents are all set. So wills, living wills, trust, powers of attorney for healthcare finances, a lot of moving parts here. Uh, Brian gave you some great ideas. If you want to sit down and learn more about this and go, man, I, don't, I haven't really done all that yet. I need to do that. Give the team a call. 833-707-3030 is the number. Again, there's no cost for this. 833-707-3030 is the number. 833-707-3030. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the four risks in retirement that really we'll all face 
is just the degree, I suppose. Stay with us. We got a lot more right here on Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Excited for retirement? All that daydreaming can be time-consuming enough as it is. So why not get a little help with your retirement planning? Call Brian at 833-707-2020 and see where you stand in retirement. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Again, you can always go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com to find out more. Also, under the Events tab, or under the Safer Retirement Education tab on the Decker Retirement Planning website, there's about 12 different things you could download, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. It's all there for your information. There's no cost or obligation for this. Uh, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You want to learn more about estate planning? Boy, what do I need to know? How do I need to set this all up? Or where am I when it comes to the markets, right? Last year was terrible. Stocks and bonds both fell for only the third time in history, 1931, I think, 1969 and 2022. So what do I do there? I'm trying to be able to retire. I don't know what I should be doing, where I should place my money. That's right in the wheelhouse of Decker Retirement Planning. 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. All right, you have one more thing you wanted to get to in the trust, and you said it's called a dynasty trust. A dynasty trust. Yes. Let's say that your children are all set and you want to pass assets and skip a generation. So you just gift all those funds to your grandchildren. Well, guess what? There's a generation skipping tax mark of 48%. The IRS doesn't like you skipping a generation of their ability to tax someone for 70, 80, 90 years. Um, They don't like that at all. They'll take half. So the way to get around that is to create what's called a dynasty trust. A dynasty trust is two things. It's perpetual and persterpes. Perpetual means that, you know, it'll last after you die. You died, but the trust didn't. And so you create a dynasty trust. It's persterpes, meaning bloodline only. So if any of your children, grandchildren, or their children, or their children ever divorce, this trust stays with your bloodline. It cannot be part of the asset uh, split um, in a divorce uh, that stays with the bloodline. So, But a dynasty trust is really nice because you, um, let's say that you have, I don't know, a very large estate and your kids are all fine. Let's say you got, I don't know, $5 million and you've got two kids. Well, instead of of uh, dividing the assets in half, you can give a million to one kid, a million million to another, and uh, maybe you you put the other three million in the dynasty trust. The dynasty trust, um, what you write down is a blank slate. You can give a percentage of the trust to pay out to uh, for college tuition, for first home, first baby. Uh, tuition and books, anything you want. You can incent responsible behavior from the grave, Mark. You, you're able to uh, have the trust pay out a certain percent so that it's not too high and is able to fund um, the, these different choices that your grandchildren and their children and their children make. But the Dynasty Trust is really fun in that you create it, list it as a beneficiary, and have it bless the lives of your posterity. I like that. I like that. If you'd like to learn more, give the team at Decker Retirement a call, 833-707-3030. 
a lot of moving parts here. Powers of attorney, healthcare, financial, uh, wills, living wills, trust. How do I even know what I need? Uh, this is a great opportunity, I think, to sit down with Brian and the team at Decker Retirement, have them walk you through it. And the idea is they're going to give you options. They're not going to say you have to do this or you have to do that. Here's some of your options. Because at the end of the day, you're the CEO. It's your retirement. Brian and the team are here to help guide you, if you will. 833-707-3030. All right, now we're going to get into the four risks in retirement. And I think a lot of times we think, well, risk in retirement would be longevity. How long are we going to live or health care? And those certainly are. But you're going to go into a little bit different direction here. You're going to talk market risk, income risk, tax risk, and legislative risk. So let's save the, the tax and the legislative maybe to the final segment and touch on the market and income risk right now. That sounds good. Okay, market risk is a big risk for people in retirement because during your accumulation years, uh, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, market goes down 30 or 40%. Mark, no big deal because your income is coming from your work. And uh, every two weeks, you kick money into your 401k, the markets recover in three to five years, and you're better off for it because you dollar cost average into a down market. You benefited from that uh, during your accumulation years. A whole different rules apply when you retire. Now you're drawing income from an account that is down 30 or 40% if you do that. If you do that, markets are down 30 or 40% and you're drawing income from that account, that is a life changer because now you're pulling income from a fluctuating account. You compromise gains when markets go up, you accentuate losses when markets go down, and it works until it doesn't. So the two biggest fears of people in retirement are, number one, running out of money before you die. Why, is they, why do they have that fear? Because these very smart people are trying to look at a pie chart and see how much money they can draw for the rest of their lives, and nobody can do that. No one can do that. They're just guessing. So they guess low. They under they underfund their retirement. They're not able to fully fund it because in distribution planning, in contrast, they're able to see how much money they can draw in retirement. We have spreadsheets showing all of their income from rental real estate, from pensions, from portfolios, from social security, from wages. We total them up minus taxes uh, and our clients are able to see how much money they can draw in retirement. So under market risk, when it comes to the portfolio, um, the second biggest fear in retirement has to do with these market crashes that roll through typically every seven or eight years. Now, this is kind of interesting history, Mark. Um, 2008, we had uh, a big, big market drop from November of 07 to March of 09. That was a 50% drop. Seven years before that was 2001, middle of a three-year 50% drop in the S&P, 70% drop in the NASDAQ. Seven years before that was 1994, Iraq headed into Kuwait, and the markets were in turmoil. Seven years before that was 1987, Black Monday, October 19th, 20% drop in a day, 30% peak to drop. Seven years before that was 1980, 80 to 82 was a 40% market drop. Seven years before that was 73, 74 bear market. That was a 40% drop. Seven years before that was a bear market of 1966, 67. That was also a 40 plus percent drop and it kept going. The market cycle 
has gone every seven or eight years until 2008. And then we started something called quantitative easing. It's a Keynesian economic tool to stimulate short-term stimulus into the economy. But did we do it short-term? Oh, no. We kept it in there and stayed in there. So 2008 plus seven, you would expect 2015 to be another hit. It wasn't. It was until 2022. So Mark, that was, what is that? That's 17. What is that? 15? No, your seven years would have been 2015. So then another seven would have been 14. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, that's 14 years before we had another double digit market. Of course, drop. we did throw COVID in there in 2020. Yeah, 35% right. in a two-week or about a five-week period. Five weeks, 32% drop. You're right. We don't really count that because that was so quick. But anyhow, the market cycles have changed with um, modern monetary theory, which is a fancy name of just simply printing money and quantitative easing that continued until um, recently when the Fed said that they're going to fight inflation by the way that they caused um, the Fed and all the stimulus that came out with the COVID and the other uh, things that have come out. I think it's over like $7 trillion have come out in stimulus. And so, of course, we're going to have inflation. But on market risk, you how do you protect yourself from these market drops? Uh, well, there's three ways that we protect our clients. One is quantitatively. I just will speak for myself and tell you, I think it's insane that bankers and brokers tell people to put 60 or 70% of their hard-earned money uh, in retirement in the stock market. We pull our clients' exposure back, not at 60 or 70%, but typically 25% of client funds are at market risk. The second, So quantitatively, we reduce their risk. Number two, strategically, we reduce their risk. Just like in football, there's a time to have your offensive team on the field and there's a time for your defensive team to be on the field. So we um, make sure that we go through and we find managers. We go through the databases, uh, the Wilshire database, largest database of money managers in the world, Morningstar database, largest database of mutual funds in the world, and, and four others. And we have four requirements. One, the manager has to have gone through a down market. Uh, or to us, they're not proven. Number two, the manager has to show actual numbers, no hypothetical, no back-tested numbers. Number three, manager has to show their performance net of all fees. And number four is the most important. They have to have third-party verification on all their performance. So we gather the data and we have four filters. We Number one, we get rid of managers that are closed to new investors. They're not taking any new clients. Number two, we get rid of the hedge funds because of their volatility. Number three, we get rid of managers with per account minimums of three, four or $5 million. And number four, we get rid of managers that have high beta. In the good years, they go way up. In the bad years, they go way down. What is left, Mark? And you've heard me say this many times, these are all computer models. The, the top 50, 60, they're all computer trend following or relative strength models. And so that's what we use. We do our homework and we use the best performing managers to strategically lower our risk. So here's how trend following and momentum managers lower your risk. And we're still on number one, <laughs> one market risk. Um, 
Trend following managers, when the market trend is higher, you are along the market, you're making money when the markets go up. When the market trend turns and starts down, these managers take you to cash so you don't take those hits. So when you don't take the hit of 50% in 2008 or 32% in five weeks in uh, 2020 or 50% in 01, 02, 03, um, that really helps you in retirement if you're not taking those hits. So com uh, computer trend following managers strategically lower that risk. The second type of strategy that we use with these computer models are momentum managers. So in 2000, 01 and 02, the S&P was down 50%, NASDAQ was down 70%, but there were several sectors of the market doing well. Real estate did well all three years. So did gold and silver. Gold and silver did well. Um, energy did well. Um, healthcare, biotech, pharmaceuticals, biotech, um, they all did very, very well. And so they're able to make money by isolating um, the sectors that are going up and staying with those sectors as long as they're doing well. It's like surfing and catching a wave and riding that wave until the wave peters out. It's pure momentum. It's also called relative strength investing. But that's a way to strategically lower your risk from taking these 30, 40, or 50% market drops. So that's number two. Number one, we lower our risk, our client risk quantitatively by the amount of money that we have stock market exposure to. Number two, we lower our client risk uh, in retirement in the stock market by strategically using computer trend following or momentum models. And number three, we eliminate interest rate risk by not using bond funds. So Mark, from 1940 to 1980, 40 years of rising interest rates where the 10-year treasury went from 2% to almost 15%. Then they peaked and 40 years of declining interest rates from almost 15% down to 0.47 in August of 2020. Well, now we're in a rising interest rate environment and anyone who owns bond funds in a rising interest rate environment loses money even if your advisor tells you that that's safe money, it is not. Bond funds lose money when interest rates go up. So those are the three ways that we help our clients lower market risk. And it's really one of the biggest decisions you have to make, especially when you've been working and you got 401k money, IRA money, it's all in the market. So typically it's not surprising to Brian when you see somebody's got 80, 90, 100% of their money sitting in the market because they're working. When you get to retirement, you need to adjust that a little bit. Most of the time, some people don't need their market monies. They've got pensions and Social Security. They're good, maybe, with their daily and monthly needs. But everybody's situation is unique, and that's how the team at Decker Retirement looks at it. What do you need? And how much risk to take is a big, big question you need answered. 833-707-3030 is the number again. There's no cost to chat with the team. They are here to help if they can. 833-707-3030. We're going to put Brian on the clock in the next segment because we got three more risk in retirement to get to. Can he pull it off? Back with more of Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement right after this. Confused on when to take Social Security? Give Brian J. Decker a call at 833-707-3030. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. 
Do you still owe taxes on that money? Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, a dozen things you could download just for your information, no cost or anything. It's just there for your information, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. Now, Brian is in the, he's going to try. We're talking the four risk in retirement, market risk, which he just talked about, income risk in retirement, tax risk in retirement, and legislative risk in retirement. Brian, try to get them all in in the next 10 minutes. Good luck. Here we go. So income risk is the risk that you look at your um, your pie chart and try to figure out how much income that you can hit. Now, Mark, I covered a lot of this in the distribution plan that we show, where we show in a spreadsheet, because we're a math-based firm, the client's income streams from their portfolio, from pension, from rental real estate, from Social Security. We total it up minus taxes and that gives annual and monthly income with a COLA, cost of living adjustment, to age 100. Go to our website at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com and see a sample distribution plan. Your fears of running out of money will go down, and the amount of money that you will draw in retirement will, in most cases, go up because people are guessing and they guess low to be safe. No one wants to run out of money before they die. Um, so on the income risk, we lower that income risk by using laddered principal guaranteed accounts. We have cash that right now for our money markets are earning 4.4%. We have one year, three year, five year, seven and 10 year laddered principal guaranteed accounts. Our three and five years, uh, our fixed rates are like CDs that are earning five, five and a quarter, five and a half percent. And then our seven and 10 year principal guarantees accounts are averaging over 8%. So those are doing very well and they are able to draw income from them. So if interest rates go up or down, the economy goes up or down, the stock market goes up or down, it doesn't change their income. They're able to draw that income from a static principal guaranteed source. So we're able to lower income risk by doing that. The third is tax risk. When it comes to tax minimization strategies, we employ commonly three with most clients. We mentioned in the previous segment, we talked about, gosh, several things, Mark, where we are able to lower clients' taxes with donor advised funds, charitable remainder trusts, qualified domestic relations orders, um, 
islets, irrevocable life insurance trusts, cost segregation, many different uh, high-level tax planning strategies were on the previous show. But for this one, I'm going to talk about the common three that we use. First, which is a smaller thing, is tax deferral. We want to make money in our different buckets. We're not taxed on them until we pull them out. That's one. Number two is Roth conversions, IRA to Roth conversions. That for most people is the biggest tax saving strategy left in their lifetime. Why would you grow an IRA thinking that in the future there, that your tax rate is going to be lower when you pull it out? There's 31 trillion reasons why the tax rates are going to be going higher for all of us. That's what we think. And so why not proactively pay taxes now and stay in the same bracket so you do the calculations correctly? You stay in the same marginal rate. Every year we have this uh, conversation with our clients so that we calculate how much gross income minus their standard deduction gives them their AGI, their adjusted gross income. We look at their tax bracket to see how much room that we have without bumping their bracket to convert from IRA to Roth. And we only do it in the risk bucket, not in any of the principal guaranteed accounts because the IRA growing that IRA from 300,000 to a million doesn't really help our clients tax-wise because you could have paid tax on 300,000. Now you owe tax on a million dollars. So we try to make sure that our clients are proactively paying taxes now so that that Roth account can do three things. It grows tax-free, it distributes income back to you tax-free, and it passes to your beneficiaries tax-free huge, typically six-figure tax-saving strategy. The third is an IUL, Index Universal Life. This isn't for everyone. It's for the younger clients that are healthy and strong. That way, we have a principal-guaranteed uh, source of net of fee returns that are much higher than what can be uh, received from municipal bonds. AAA municipal bonds right now are around four and a quarter, four and a half percent. We're able to get uh, about seven and a half, seven and a half percent net of fee principal guaranteed on IUL index universal life funds. So those accounts are going to be, along with the Roth and the tax deferral, the main way that we bring tax risk down in the future. Have them raise raised all they want. Our clients are prepared because we're putting strategies in place to lower that. So again, if you'd like to learn more, 833-707-3030. No cost to chat with Brian and the team at Decker Retirement. They are here to help. But the risk in retirement, market risk, income risk, tax risk, 833-707-3030. It is, it is about having a plan and a strategy to handle some of these things that you feel like are outside of your control, but you actually do have some control over these areas. The last risk in retirement is legislative. Now, surely, just because we're just shy of $32 trillion in debt as a nation, they're not going to change things on us, are they? I think so. I mean, they did it with the SECURE Act. So instead of just sending IRAs and stretch IRAs over to your beneficiaries, now they they legislate that you have 10 years to pay the remaining taxes on the uh, beneficiary IRA. So that's a way that they can tap extra revenue. Um, and whenever they find a way to tax extra revenue, you can make sure that they're going to do that. We're skiers up here in Salt Lake. And so um, when the when the ski resorts found out that they could charge people for parking, that was a gold mine that they tapped, and uh, that's never going to go away. But um, 
same thing with Congress uh, if, and the IRS. If there's ways that they can expand their revenue base, it doesn't look like they're going to cut expenses. It's going to be always about raising revenue or raising taxes. I think the number when they talked about how how much in taxes the new bill, the new proposed bill is, it was it, it was something like um, six trillion or seven trillion dollars. Mark, it was an unbelievable number. So we yeah, want to they make... can obviously they could they could change the tax brackets. They could lower the dollar amounts to get into each of those brackets. So you end up paying more taxes just by that. They can also change which assets are taxed and then how those assets are taxed. Correct. Um, and Mark, there's one other thing I want to go back to income risk. I hope I want to warn people against falling for something out there that's called a life annuity or an income rider where you're promised, uh, here's the carrot, you're promised a 7% guaranteed rate for 10 years and then 4% for life. Does that sound good? Sounds okay to me. Okay, so your 100,000 in 10 years doubles to 200,000. Now, instead of 65 years old, you're 75 years old and you get 4% of 200,000, which is 8,000 a year for life. Well, 8,000 divided into your original investment, 100,000, that's 12 and a half. So you're going to be 87 and a half years old before you start to get a rate of return. We want to warn people about that. Those I, we think are scams. We don't like them. We don't use them. We want to warn people to stay away from them. Uh, Mark, one last thing, just to kind of tie up loose ends there. If you have a child who is disabled, you're able to, and, or is not good with money or maybe sadly on drugs or something like that. The last thing you want to do is put uh, money in their possession. So we recommend that you choose a, 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 a trust where one of the other siblings is trustee of the trust and on your demise, you and your spouse, uh, money goes in there and the other sibling is able to make sure that the this disabled person or uh, this person that might be on drugs or living a difficult life is able to receive the funds from a, a loved one and carefully distributed to them for the rest of their life. Another loose end mark is distributing funds lump sum. If you've got a large estate, five million or more, and you're going to distribute lump sum to one or two kids, that amount of money, there's something called the lottery effect where three things happen you can take to the bank. First of all, the spouse will divorce you and take half. Second, you'll quit work thinking you got it made. And third, you'll spend through the money in five years and you'll be worse off than where you were before. It's called the lottery effect and it's so predictable. It's boom, boom, boom. It's just lined out uh, as a predictable behavior. Well, because I listen to you, if I win the lottery, my money's going to last longer than that and I'm going to have a fine old time with it. If you'd like to learn more about where you are on that road to retirement, we certainly don't want to run out of money before we run out of life. There's a lot of moving pieces, income, investment, taxes, healthcare, legacy planning, social security's in the income part, Medicare decisions in the healthcare part. That's a lot of moving pieces, but that's what Brian and the team are here to do, help you come up with a plan, a strategy for your retirement. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com to learn more. And of course, you can always give them a call. There's no cost, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. Brian, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Mark. 
Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.